Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can you repair a relationship after cheating? Yes, but it's going to be very hard. You just gave the whole thing away. I did. Now there's we're no done. point we're in done. the entire episode. That's Nobody's going to watch. No, we're going to go into statistics. We're going to be talking about, well, how often can infidelity be repaired, which is a very interesting statistic. We're going to get into who cheats more often. Is it the guys? Is it the girls? You know, what is going on? And then we're <laughs> going to take it all the way into basically, well, if you do want to work through things, what are the steps to repair? Why don't we start with the statistics? Because I think that's going to blow everyone's minds. Let's start with the question, how often can infidelity actually be repaired? This is going to sound insane because it comes from the American Psychological Association. Their research study, it's 60 to 80%. 60 to 80% of couples that choose to work on their relationship will actually experience long-term improvement or repair the relationship. What, what is it? So basically it means that in, in general, the relationship most likely will not work out. However, if you decide to work <laughs> it out, right, and you follow these specific steps, then you have a 60 to 80% chance of actually having it succeed. Yeah. Well, we always talk about like being very careful when it comes to studies and statistics and all this kind of stuff. And we're going to explain exactly why right now, right? So infidelity obviously plays a huge role in the overall divorce rates, which we always just average to like 50%. But really those divorce rates vary between 30 to let's say 70%, depending on socioeconomic factors. But we'll just choose that 50% number. So infidelity is a huge piece of why so many marriages and, and relationships break down. But here's the thing, that study that you're referencing, it had 145 couples that chose to basically after infidelity to stay and work on the relationship, right? Correct. Well, there's another piece of this. In a relationship when infidelity has occurred, the first number is 57%. 57% of relationships will end right with the infidelity. Which is consistent with the, the divorce rate in general. Yes, that, that kind of goes along with it. Which on that note, we should say that infidelity is correlated to divorce, but it is not a one-to-one -one thing. Meaning like, you know, divorces happen for a whole number of reasons. It's just There's multiple factors. factors for divorce, correct. Yes. Okay, so 57%. This means that if we were to look at the other side of that study, right? If it was 145 couples that experienced infidelity that chose to stay, well, the total number of people would have been 337 or 300, yeah, 337 couples basically. So out of 337 couples that experience infidelity, 
will just straight up walk out the door. 43% will choose to remain and work on the relationship. Which is crazy. And then <laughs> this feels like a math class. Your, which, math, <laughs> your math is exceptional, by the way. <laughs> which, which part of that is crazy? The, the fact that they're actually choosing to stay? I didn't expect that number to be so high, 43%. Well, I thought the numbers would be higher, right? So when infidelity occurred, I thought the numbers would be like more like 70% where people just kind of walk out. Yeah, that's but what it's I thought too. But it's kind of split. So that was number one. And then you're you're basically a little bit under 50%, at 43% of people that will say, you know what, We're let's really try to work this out. Well, you know? and then the next number, the first time you said 60, 80%, that blew my mind too. And the, and the first thing that I thought was, well, let's get critical of that too. Because what we're really saying is that 60 to 80% are going to recover from the infidelity, but there are criteria to that study as well. But it's hopeful in the sense that if you meet these specific requirements that it's actually possible. That's huge. 60 to 80%. That's huge. It is huge, but I'm going to, I'm going to like, you but you're going to bring it down. I'm going to be Debbie Downer. I'm not going to be Debbie Downer. I'm going to be Debbie realistic. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right that it is, it is a great number. It's, it's, it's awesome that people can know, like, look, if you genuinely value your relationship, if you're in a, in a, you know, once healthy marriage and it's, it's gone downhill and bad things have happened, but you've got kids, you've got family, you've got all these things that you want. It's great to know that, yes, it is completely possible to repair. Is it likely? We're going to talk about that in just a second. But yes, it is possible. And we're going to bring those factors in. That's the last segment. We're going to talk about what you need to do in order to repair, right? But I do want to just pick a little bit more at that 60-80%. Because this study by the APA, so we have our 145 people. Well, this study said that well, it was basically within five years, right? They looked at that, those relationships within five years and says 60 to 80% of them that choose to stay and remain and work on it will improve. But then as soon as you go past five years, the next number that they put out is 50% of those that chose to remain, their marriages will still end. The relationship will still end. And it's it's so funny when you, like statistics can be misleading sometimes, right? Because when you see the 60 to 80%, it's the 60 to 80% of the 50% after the Correct. five years that do not work out, but then these are the factors why they stayed. Correct. So if we were to summarize this, let's say that we had 337 couples who experienced infidelity in their relationship. 57% or 192 of them will choose to end the relationship due to the infidelity right there. 145 of them, which is the number from the study, would choose to work on the relationship. Of the 145, 60 to 80% or roughly 100 of those couples will experience repair or improvement, but at the five-year mark, only half of those will remain. So 50% or 50 couples will remain married and likely you know, have a decent marriage beyond the five years. Hopefully, hopefully they're not just staying for resentment because again, we can't really know you know, why they're staying at it, but we know that of the 100, 50 will remain. The result? Cheating is bad. <laughs> and then number two, number two that you have proven, math is important. <laughs> math, math is very important. The, the result, cheating is bad. Um, roughly 15%. So if you're looking at just like how often does infidelity end a relationship, whether it's now or five years from now, we're looking at 85% of the time, roughly 15% of couples will be able to repair the relationship in a significant way after that event. So that brings us to, well, you opened with, it's not impossible, but 
it's not likely either. No, you're right. Your math is blowing me. Like all, I just see numbers right now. Just floating numbers. Yeah. So basically, the whole premise of this is cheating is bad. Let's just <laughs> let's just get back to the core. Cheating <laughs> is bad. I think we all know this. <laughs> it's gonna damage the relationship. But now that you said that, I hope every time that I'm talking about these numbers, like Anthony throws up, like the, you know, I don't know, Rain Man numbers, like over. Oh, you know, that'd like be cool if you could do that. Thing like from if you a could beautiful do that. mind. If you could do that, we should go to Vegas. We can do anything. Oh, no, I can't actually do that. I'm saying if but you I'm could. Like, we can edit it so it looks like it can. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next piece of this, which is in a marriage or long-term partnership relationship. Is it the man or the woman that is doing the cheating? It's both. It's both. We got numbers though, bro. I know we got numbers, which, which shows that it's both. Yeah, the numbers do vary, but it is both. <laughs> I like how you just like end every segment with just the answer. It's well, both. Oh, so we should, we should build it up. Should I be like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <No>. IDK. IDK. <laughs> Question mark, you know. Well, we have some different studies. So we have Nicholas Wolfinger, Wolfinger or Wolfinger. He's a professor and family of consumer studies at my alma mater, the University of Utah. This is a little bit of an older study, but basically he concluded that between 20 to 25% of married men cheat between 10 to 15% of married women cheat. It's going to be really interesting when we start having, by the way, non-gendered studies. Like when we start having more statistics and more information oh, on this. Oh, it's going to be really. Isn't that going to be cool? Your like math is going to be amazing at that point. Oh, man. Like you got to be on top of it, man. All right. So we had 20, 25, which basically was like pointing at the fact that, okay, men were cheating roughly twice as much as, as women were, as but women. women are still cheating as well. By the way, that number is kind of nuts. That 20 to 25, that's one, one in four. four. No, one, it's true. That's crazy which is consistent with the norm that men cheat more than women in general so that this statistic actually supports that yeah one in four to one in five men or one in eight to one in ten women women that's still nuts too that one in ten women cheat i don't know just the fact that like you can we all know plenty of people just to think like okay one in four of these guys that i know is going to cheat well if you personalize it that way then that's interesting so i think you're one of the four right God damn <laughs> <laughs> honey if you're watching dr glenn is full of shit i don't subscribe to anything that he says that's a lie actually well no we previous, previously and then the previous one because you you said aki i'm not in an open marriage <laughs> <laughs> we've had two very hard-hitting yeah. episodes here <laughs> so in the last episode i concluded with uh okay i'm telling aki that glenn yeah. wants an open relationship so yeah, Glenn's I, I, telling Yen that I'm one of the. I hold grudges, man. As you can four. tell, <laughs> Pi's one of the one and four. <laughs> okay, well, there's another newer study. You want to talk about that one from Cassia Wasik? Yeah. So basically, it says 25 percent of men cheat, and then 19 percent of women cheat. Yeah. So the numbers are more closely related. Yeah, she was out of El Camino College in Torrance. Again, close to us. I used to live in Torrance too. Like, I'm not. We're not just biased in selecting studies out of places that we've lived. Um. I felt like that's more realistic now based on clinical experience than and the older statistics. And it's more current. And basically, I think she was basically concluding that it's because of social constructs. Yeah. So when you look, you know, when you look at the older studies, the whole traditional norm of marriage, the sacrament of marriage, you know, the woman trying to get married. So then they're more faithful in general versus the men or like, you know, oh, before you get married, you got to explore and you got to have your fun. So there's a lot of cheating that takes place at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And eventually you try to settle down. So a lot of that is related to the whole social construct of men and women. Whereas the newer study, 
that kind of sacrament is kind of going away. Gender, the whole concept of gender is becoming more intermixed. So therefore, the numbers are becoming more equal. Do what I think is also going to happen as a trend as we go forward. Number one, I, I want to first say from my clinical experience as well as yours, I don't know if I want to know if you agree with this, but I would say that I would say it's probably this is seems more accurate that one in four men or one in five women will cheat. Does I, that? Is I that, agree. Yeah. I, I don't agree. think it's like double. I think it's like close. Men are slightly more. Women are slightly less, but both cheat. What I think is going to be really interesting is with kind of the feminist movement with all of the, you know, uh, new gender descriptions, discussions, everything along these lines. I think those numbers are going to even out over time. Like, I think women are going to become just as likely as men to, to, to cheat because I think they're going to have the opportunities to, right? I, I think in the past, like if we're looking 40, 50 years ago, um, oftentimes infidelity is a matter of opportunity. And if women are in the home, because that is their uh, domain, then they simply don't have as many opportunities, but that's not the same anymore. And we've seen that number grow. And I think it's going to continue to grow as everything becomes more equal and there's, you know, gender equality across everything. And I think it's just going to be simple as everyone cheats. Yeah, I agree. They may even surpass men at some point. They might because women do most things better than us. That is true. Cheating included. Cheating included. Well, there's some more interesting <laughs> things. Um, we're totally kidding on this. <laughs> Maybe we need to write in your comedian so that we don't get, you know, destroyed. But anyway, there are plenty of different studies. And, and what we want to mention is like these two studies that we mentioned, there are a grip of different studies so on the subject. Um, the, they're all inherently flawed, though, because they're based on surveys and reported numbers. So as we the, know, you can you can easily lie on those. Right. And then different age ranges. And then we didn't get all the breakdown. So basically, we just took this the statistics that they had. Yeah. So basically yeah. in every, but every survey that's about cheating or infidelity, every study I should say that's on cheating or infidelity really boils down to a survey. And it, and it comes down to, we only have as good of information as the people willing to give information. So the actual number could be much, much higher. We just don't know because people aren't willing to check the yes box. So translation, you're saying that women cheat more than men. That's where you're going with this. Dude, you're going to get me canceled. No, translation <laughs> is that we're all cheating a lot more no, yeah. and we're willing to I recognize. I think we're all equal opportunity cheaters. All right. Yeah. Except not not us. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Please don't go telling my wife. Well, you already did. You know what? You're a dick for that. <laughs> all right. Um, that was much worse than you wanting an open relationship. Side note, just a, you know. Your it's comeback. A, it's the same thing though, because we're both leaving, we're exploring outside of the marriage. Nah, bro, you're the friend that like, you know, like when you punch your friend and you're like, ah, and your friend's like, what the fuck? And they deck you in the face and you're like, that was not what I did to you. That's equivalent of what you just did to me. No, I disagree. You're the analogy here is you punched me in the face, and then when I re when I got you back, you're like, "Why'd you do that, dude?" Like you're being, you're acting victimized. But anyway, anyway, you're right, bro. I am acting victimized. I'm terrible. I'm such a bad person. All right, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Where's this going? Well, what we were going to get to next was basically that um, there, there's one interesting piece. When we were comparing basically how often men versus women cheat. Uh, Again, they all cheat, men slightly more, but there was an interesting additional study that basically talked about the intention of cheating. And this came out of the University of Wisconsin. And it basically talked about the fact that when men cheat, 
they're usually more likely to actually want to work on their originating relationship, on their marriage, on their partnership, whatever it might be, because the cheating was generally something that was uh, more physical, right? Not the case when women cheated. Yeah, for women, it's more emotional. Mm -hmm. So they're cheating because they're not emotionally satisfied in the relationship and they're seeking another healthier emotional experience. Which generally meant that after the cheating, they were far less likely to want to fix the relationship. They were actually more likely to just end the relationship. Yeah. So usually the, the guy would be like, hey, honey, I messed up. I'm sorry. I love you. Let's try to work this out. Whereas the girl is like, oh, I'm done. And then they're just out. So ladies, gentlemen, non-binary friends, we're all dicks. <laughs> bottom line, bottom line. <laughs> but I think one of the things that's fascinating is based on that study, they, they were saying the reason um, is once again, social construct, the concept of marriage. So usually the men that cheated, they were younger. Mm -hmm. It was more physically driven. And then usually the whole, like, you know, when you do a bachelor party and all this, you got to get it out of your system before you get married, right? So it's not, it's, there's like an age component, whereas women in general, the older they got, the more they cheated, right? And it mm. makes it makes more sense because they're less emotionally satisfied in their relationship. As they're getting older, things are more stable in their life. So they're actually seeking other emotional experiences. Yeah. All right, this brings us to the third segment and question. Is once a cheater, always a cheater actually true? Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Again, your answer to every single thing comes within the first five seconds. I know, they don't need to watch anywhere. That's it, kind of, okay, that's it. Well, you're actually speaking from a study, right? Do you wanna go into that? Yeah, so basically they're saying that if a person cheats, the chances of them cheating again in their next relationship is 45%. Yeah, that yeah. was from a study from Canoop in 2017 that went into, was it the APA, the American? No, it was Psychology Today. Yeah, that was a separate study. And then the APA had their own study that basically says that if you cheat in a relationship, the next relationship, you're three times more likely to cheat again in the next relationship. Yeah. One of the points we're trying to get across is uh, that statistics are bullshit because they're all over the place. But the point is, is that cheating, <laughs> you're the, 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 one, the conclusive evidence here, though, is if you do cheat, chances are you're probably going to cheat again. Yeah. The statistics are hard to verify in terms of like, you know, just study criteria always varies. So it's hard to get accurate numbers. But we do see great trends from this. The trend is that, uh, you know, if you cheated, then you might be likely to do it again. And if you were unfaithful in a marriage, then you're likely to probably do it again. Um, but is once a cheater, always a cheater true? I would say no, it's not always the case. It's often the case, but not always. And what we would probably attribute it down to is more so the personality type, more so that specific individual, the reasons why they cheated, or even maybe more their trauma and attachments, right? Yeah, you have to factor all of those things in, right? So if they have a trauma wound, if they were raised or in a very emotionally detached home, those are the ones that actually have multiple relationships, often cheat, you know, when a breakup happens, you're like, oh, no, we had a good ride, it gotta go, right? So yeah. there's different components and factors that are involved about why people cheat. So you wanna factor in any type of emotional issues that a person may have. Yes, and this isn't like, we're not trying to say that you should stay in a relationship, by the way, if someone's cheated on you, you know, that that's a completely different thing. What we're saying is that if you're evaluating someone based on the fact that they cheated in the past with someone else, then once a cheater, always a cheater isn't actually, you know, uh, yes, there are trends, but it's not accurate to say they always would cheat on someone else. If you want a better measurement, a better tool for this, 
what we're saying is look down at the reason why they cheated. For example, if we're looking at somebody who is more avoidant, maybe even narcissistic, right? They have a grandiose sense of narcissism that, you know, they are entitled. They are, they feel in their relationships that people deserve to serve them. This person, when they cheat, they're very likely to do it again. I would bet my money that they're going to do it again because they don't have the empathy or the ability to even see what it was they did wrong. They don't see it as like, you know, in fact, they even often explain it this way. A narcissist might say, well, of course I cheated. You weren't putting out. I would say that to you. <laughs> no, that that's pretty accurate. Or it'd just be like, my knees weren't being in that, so I had to move on. So I found it elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to have an emotional need or whatever need, and they're going to justify it. So if anybody ever explains cheating with a justification, with a narcissistic tendency, with this kind of avoidant, I'm not dealing with the issue, that was on them, they don't take ownership, then you can bet your money they're going to do it again. They're a habitual cheater. Habitual. But on the flip side... A lot of times people can cheat, not, I, I don't, I wouldn't say the majority of the time, but a lot of times people can cheat because they're anxious in their relationships, meaning like, well, maybe they don't like the relationship that they're in. They're unhappy, but they don't know how to break it off. So they actually go out and have an affair because they know that that's going to be the thing that ends the relationship. Or maybe they don't know how to deal with, a, with an issue, with a problem directly or whatever it might be, but it tends to come from more of a place of like insecurity. Like I, I, I'm going to cheat because I just, I think I'm a piece of shit and my, my relationship now, let's say that we're married, maybe that relationship ends. Right. But in five years, I discover that I'm not a piece of shit. And what I did to you was really messed up. And this was my own insecurities that caused me to act out, or I should have just ended the relationship. Those are the people that are far more likely to change and not do it again. Yeah. And then the core concept, like in that example was the belief that we have to stay married and there is no choice. So if that's the mentality, then you're going to have to try to figure out other ways of getting your needs met. Yeah. So if we were to boil it down, would you agree then that if you were evaluating somebody like, and, and this is just as a friend too, like understanding, like it's important to be judgmental in a smart way, right? I wouldn't say be completely non-judgmental because no, you need to make smart decisions and judgments on all your relationships in your life. But when looking at somebody um, and you're saying that they cheated in their past, if you want an indicator of what they might do in the future, look to ownership. If they take ownership over the pain that they caused, the issues, the trauma, the things that led them to that place and what they've changed in their lives, then they're very likely changed. They're probably not going to do it again. Yeah, because they're creating a new foundation for themselves, right? So if they're taking ownership, they're, they know their why. Now the foundation of the relationship is not about cheating. It's about the healthier version of who they are. However, if there is no ownership, it's just, it's just a repeated cycle. That's why it's the, you know, the statistics three times more likely to cheat or 45% they're going to cheat in the next relationship. Yeah. If they don't take ownership or if they blame it on the other person, no, That's run. It. They're going to, they're going to very likely do they're it again. They're going to cheat on you again. Well, hopefully it's not on you again, but like, cause like you already, you weren't the one that, you know, but they're going to cheat again. I'm, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that relationship is over. Because yeah. you're smart and you're we're, like, I'm cut. I'm setting boundaries. I'm done. I'm out. We're just making a judgment based on someone's past behavior. If they did it to you, that's a completely different story. All right. Let's go into this piece then, because this is the bread and butter of why we're here, which is five key factors to repair a relationship after infidelity or cheating has occurred. And before we actually get to those points, this is the perfect time to say, if you guys haven't downloaded our guide yet, 
be sure to do so. We have a completely free guide and workbook. It's a core values guide that's going to walk you through, help you to identify your core values, to understand our process of therapy and coaching, to see how do those core values tie into your everyday life, the relationship you create, all of it. It's the first step to better relationships. You guys can find it in the link in our bio if you're on social media, or if you're on YouTube, you'll find it in the description of the video. And with that and that loud slap of my knee, let's go ahead and get to our last piece. Because you wanted to emphasize the last point. I did. And you have. All right. <laughs> I think we're done. So we're going to be looking at kind of the study criteria in terms of what are the five key factors that contributed to success in the 15% of relationships that were able to recover from. And then from that 15%, the 60 to 80% success rate. No, the 15% was the final number. 15% was the final number. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but then within that 15%, because... <laughs> Because they followed this criteria, which boosted their chances yes. to 60 to 80%. Yes. So come on, math guy. You're the, come on, math guy. This is your failing right now, bro. But <laughs> if we were to summarize that, so basically when infidelity occurs in a relationship, there's a 15% chance of long-term repair, the possibility of being able to like actually fix it and move on to a healthy relationship. And among that 15%, this is the five key factors that are contributing to their success because I don't know if people understood what you just said right now. Probably not. I don't even, I don't even <laughs> understand what I'm saying a lot of times anyway either. So don't understand the words coming out of my mouth. No, no. Okay. All so, right. You want to start with number one? Yeah. So number one, there has to be equal motivation from both partners to make this relationship work. Right. So the one that did the cheating, they're, they're motivated. They're, they're sorry. I want to, I want to really try to salvage this relationship. And on the flip side, the person that was cheated on, they're hurt, but still, they still want to commit to this relationship and try to make this work. There has yeah. to be equal motivation. Well, this was the number one factor, right? And and from the other side, if I'm the person that's cheating and you're saying that you're willing to work on it, you're staying in the relationship not because you're going to hold this over my head, not because it's going to be you know retribution. You genuinely just want this to work. And so you're willing to give it a shot. By the way, this does not mean that you allow this to continue over and over and over, okay? Correct. This is just saying that both people are demonstrating that they are in it to win it. And that equal motivation is what jumps it to that 80% mark mm -hmm. of like making that relationship work. If there's equal commitment and motivation, that's huge. Like that's like the, the majority of the journey right there. Meaning of this five, that's basically 80% of it right there. Is, Correct. Is, okay. Correct. All right. So number two. The second one is the person that did the cheating, they have to take ownership of it and feel sorry for what they did. And oftentimes what people will do like you mentioned a person being a dick before is they'll be like, it's because of the relationship I cheated. That may be true, right? There's relationship issues and we have to work on it. And that's a separate issue. But then the cheating itself is something that you did. So if you're the person that's like, hey, I cheated because of this relationship, you're not just a dick, you're a dickhead, right? <laughs> you are the shaft of the penis that shoots out urine. You're being an asshole, right? You, you literally- It gets so uncomfortable every time you say that. <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to like literally say, look, there's relationship issues. I didn't take responsibility for it. And the cheating itself, I messed up and I need to take ownership. I gotta say the most hilarious thing to me is that your number one like put down, your number one curse is you are the shaft of a penis. <laughs> For some reason, you really hate the shaft of a penis. No, I just like the visual. 
It's the visual. Like urine <laughs> comes out of that hole, man. It's just like it's just the visual of just being a dick. Some people go to like MFR, some people go to like, you know, different places. You go to the shaft. You are a shaft. Okay. Um We can edit that out. But no, no, no. Yeah. We're not editing anything yeah. out. We're we're keeping all of that. But what you're saying right now is like because a lot of times also this remorse comes in the form of like half apologies, which again people need to recognize are not apologies. If I say, you know, I'm really sorry for cheating, but can you blame me? I'm really sorry for cheating, but this is what's going on. I'm really sorry, but that is not an apology. You're right. And then you're enmeshing the issues, right? You're enmeshing the cheating with the relationship issues when in truth, yeah, it may be a byproduct, but that's something that you did that you need to be accountable for. It's affecting the relationship. And then there's emotional issues that need to be addressed. So it's being able to compartmentalize and understanding the different components involved. Yes. The person that cheated has to take complete ownership over that action. Cheating is not this mistake. Oh, I accidentally cheated. No, cheating is a series of decisions that you consciously make to end up in that place. When you cheat, you've made a hundred poor decisions in a row to get to that spot. And that has to be owned. Agreed. Period. And then the per the partner needs the space to trust you again, right? Because there's like a lack of trust emotionally in the relationships. And now there's like this other trust that's been broken. So that has to be rebuilt. Yeah. There has to be a respect level with that. All right. Number three, rebuild through total transparency. What does this mean? This means that the person that did the cheating and you know, they have to be open about everything that takes place, mm -hmm. right? Anything and that I want to know, right? Everything that the other person wants to know, but also on the partner side, like the, you know, the person that was cheated on, they can't be, they can't hold back and be like, oh, it's okay. Like they have to share all their wounds and all their hurt. And this is a big one because what ends up happening, what kills the relationship is if you're not transparent and then all of a sudden like new information comes out, mm. well, you did this. And then it's like, oh, and then this came out and then this information came out. And why'd you go here? If you just tell everything from the beginning, there's no more secrets and then it doesn't damage the relationship more. So in practice, what we're saying is like from clinical experience, we'll see examples where someone has cheated on the other, then they'll have expectations still of privacy. Well, they want to look at my phone, let them like if you're if your goal, again, if you're prioritizing the relationship, whatever that person needs to be comfortable, you let them do. Or maybe they, you know, I'm fully transparent, but then you went and got lunch with a coworker. Let's say I went and got lunch with a coworker who's female and I don't tell you because I cheated on you and I don't want you to worry. This is just an innocent lunch, so I don't tell you about it. That is completely wrong. Even if nothing happened at all, we'll see clients do this and then what ends up happening is that it completely destroys the trust again because eventually they find out that you had lunch with you know so and so or that you you know texted so and so and it may just as well have been completely innocent like it was nothing but the fact that you hit it destroys the trust again yeah so covering things up that you're doing in present time but also how you cheated so a lot of times people they'll tell like 50 percent 70 percent maybe they cheated three times but they'll be i only cheated one time and then and later on, you, you find that like, there's other partners. That that's just it just kills it right there. Yeah. So you have to be completely transparent on both sides, especially if you were doing the cheating, like how it happened, everything out on the table, and then you know each person has to do their work through. Yeah. Step four is a tricky one because this is addressing the underlying issues that led to this. Whenever cheating occurs, there is an underlying pretext to what's happening, and Esther Perel does a beautiful job of of kind of talking about this. But essentially what we're talking about is like, 
it's not just the things that are happening in the relationship, right? There could be underlying insecurities, personal trauma, attachments, all these different things that we could be personally dealing with, as well as things that are happening in the relationship. So it's not fair. If I cheated, it's not fair to come out and to say, well, you know, I cheated because look at the state of our relationship. No, cheating is is just one word. Well, two effed up. And I'm, I'm saying effed up because I don't want Anthony to have to, you know, keep to add it bleeping out stuff. But I have to take ownership over my trauma, the attachment issues that I have, the insecurities that I have, the things that led me to that place. And yes, we also need to look at what relationship issues were occurring. But this is the difficult piece for, for, for couples to be able to do, especially oftentimes on one side. Yeah. So once again, it's not enmeshing it. It's a byproduct. But at the same time, like from a relationship standpoint, like I was just not feeling close to you mm -hmm. or you know, we were not talking as much or, you know, we were just, I was just not feeling close. Like these are the issues that you have to like put to the table. But you, once again, it can't be because we were not talking or we weren't connecting. That's why I cheated. You yeah. cannot do that. I mean, it could also just be an addiction, right? You could have a sexual addiction. You could have all sorts of things that, that could lead to this, but either way, it all has to be addressed. Yeah. Everything has to be, and then we're, you know, once again, we're not saying that, you know, if you cheat that you're, there's something wrong with you. But it's just it kind of is though. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I think it's layered. Like you know, oh, you have a disorder, or you you know, you're just a sick person. You're not like, permanently broken. If you cheat, you're not permanently broken. But there is something wrong. There's a lot of factors that are involved, and it's understanding like if there's deep rooted issues, like it's being mindful and respectful of that. But it doesn't necessarily mean like you have deep rooted trauma issues if you cheat. I guess yeah. that's, where that's where I'm getting at. Yeah, it can, but it's not always the yeah. case. So it's looking at all the different components. Yeah. It definitely means that you are avoiding the actual issue though. One of the things that I think we, we would both agree on is that it's difficult to say that someone cheats because of trauma, someone cheats because of insecurity, someone cheats because of the relationship, because it's generally a factor of, of, of all of these things, right? It's, it's, it's usually a mixture of things, some more on one side, more on the other, that we, we, we can't really be definitive on. Um, and we can't also say that it's, you know, it's always a, an, an addiction or some sort of dysfunction. What we can say is that cheating is generally going to be done by a person who doesn't address their problems directly. They have a tendency to avoid conflict. They don't know the actual root issue and they're acting out in some way. They're thinking that this is going to fix something or they're just doing something because they think it's going to alleviate. In any case, it's them not addressing the problem directly. Yeah, they need to know their why. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Okay, the last one. They need to be able to see a positive cycle of continuous improvement. Yeah. And this is huge, right? So there has to be, you know, we talk about change and growth. The relationship has to progress and grow, especially after infidelity takes place. Mm -hmm. There has to be this progress. Like the other person feels more trust in that partner again. They're putting more effort. They're committing the time and, and energy into rebuilding the connection of that relationship. It has to be moving in that direction. That means if you cheated on me, you would permit me to cheat back on you so we continue this improvement of the relationship. Yeah, because then you got me back and then now we're good again. We're at changing the base level. Growing. We're changing and changing growing. and growing together, exactly. Not what we're talking about. Please, please do not do that. Please do, <laughs> please not, do, not, do not do that. <laughs> Occasionally we make jokes. You yeah, guys please, know. Please do not do that. Um, continuous improvement is is kind of like the best marker of actual change and growth, right? Because when when something like this has occurred, first if you're actually moving in the right direction it doesn't happen again there is no backsliding and cheating again and saying oh i'm i'm working on this i i, I gotta still figure this out no if, if it occurs again if this is a continue like there is no change there there is no growth there 
So it doesn't necessarily mean that there is perfection in the relationship. It doesn't mean that, okay, they stopped cheating and now everything's great. It means that they've stopped the action. They've stopped with the infidelity and that we're taking continuous steps towards improving the relationship. It doesn't mean that there's just because they stop, the relationship is healthy, but we have to continue that trend. And more specifically, right? Number one, the relationship itself is healthier, right? You're building a connection. You're building the intimacy. All the things that we're missing, you're working on that. That's one component. Second component, the one that did the cheating, they know their why, they know their decision-making, they're taking full ownership, mm -hmm. they're giving space to the partner to process their pain and suffering, right? And then on the flip side, the person that was cheated on, they have the, the space to grieve, to process, to kind of work through this, and you know they're using their partner to do that. So if those three components are in place, now it's changing and growing and moving in a positive direction. Okay, I'm gonna end this with one last question. We'll ask it of you, and then if you'd like, you can ask it of me. But here it goes. If infidelity has occurred in a relationship, would you recommend that they work on it or that they end it? I would say this, like if, if two people are motivated after the infidelity happened and there's equal motivation, then I would say stay. You'd say stay. However, if it's, Stay to work on it, not to stay, to not work stay on indefinitely. It. Yeah, stay, stay. stay to work on it. However, like if, you know, one partner is just not willing, like, you know, you know, the one that was cheated on or the one that did the cheating and there's not equal investment, then I would say you should end it. What's okay. your take? I would say that if we're talking about a marriage where it was once healthy, where we had a great foundation, we really had great memories and it's positive. We have children, there are things on the line, there's maybe business, there's maybe assets, there's there's a reason there. Then I would say before ending the relationship, if both people genuinely want to make this work, it's worth trying to repair the relationship. But I'd also say that if you are early in a relationship, if you're dating, if you are just married, no kids, if you are in these situations, um, or, or if you're just in a situation where like the other person's not taking ownership, then you got I'd say, I'd say you cut it and, and get out. Um, well, given all the, you know, family assets, given everything like, and, and, and Yen would never do this. Right. But hypothetically, if she were like, she did the cheating and she's like, well, it's because of the relationship. I'd work on it. You'd still work on it. Yeah. I've already thought through that. Like we have, I, I love our family and I've even told Yen this and I was like, you know, this is not permission to go and do something stupid, but like what we've created together and what we have is so valuable to me that even if that did happen, I would want to fix it before, you know, I'd want to work on it. If, if, if she continued to do so, if, if it was like backsliding and it wasn't working and, and then I'd be done. Like I'm, I'm good. I, I have enough self-respect to be like, no, you know, you, you, you do this once we work on this. I can handle that, but if this is your thing, then. So you would give it like one initial push, even if there's like resistance or there's not a, there's not motivation there, you would still try. If she's not in it, like my thing would be coming to the table and saying, look, I'm in this. Um, can you take ownership and, and are you in this? And if she says, I did that because of you, I'm done. Hmm. You know, like that, that to me is a sign that like, okay, if you're blaming this on me, then it's not going to work. I'm done. But if she came to it and was like, I can't believe I did this. This was a one night stand. You know, I love our family and I, I, I want to work through this. It's never going to happen again. Absolutely. I'm there to, I'm there to actually give it a go. Yeah. Can't promise that it would work out, but I would be there. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. But it's not going to happen. But it's not going to happen. Yeah. So <laughs> we're throwing everybody that we care about under the bus kind of.
in these episodes. Yeah. And I'm not going to cheat. So don't ask that question. Cause I feel like it's in your head. No, I wasn't even <laughs> thinking about it. I think that's your own guilt, man. It's, your own <laughs> I'm, it's not my guilt. It's the history of you attacking me <laughs> at the end of an episode. Here we go. The narcissism is kicking in, <laughs> which is the factor of a person that cheats. But anyway, I'm, I'm just going to. We're just playing. We're just <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed the episode. And uh, well, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. See ya.